0: Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We have special guest today, Trace Vining from the Starkville Prayer Furnace. Trace began hosting prayer gatherings when he was in ninth grade in his youth group. When he was just a young teenager, God began to use him in Mississippi to begin to mobilize prayer and worship. And now the Starkville Prayer Furnace has grown, and we're excited to hear about what God's doing in Mississippi, what God's doing on the college campus there, and in the southeast as well. And so it's an honor to have Trace on the podcast today. Before we dive into a conversation with him, just want to welcome you, especially if you're new to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip you to experience and host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. We believe God's presence changes everything. And so however you're tuning in with us today, please hit subscribe and stay with us. We release episodes on Thursdays, and they're usually either short little Bible teachings, or extended conversations and interviews with leaders of prayer ministries or Bible teachers like what we're going to have today. So thank you so much for tuning in. You can also visit our website, presencepioneers.org. We have all the previous episodes up there, information about our ministry, and you can also donate to support our ministry in this podcast if you'd like to do that as well. All right, without further ado, Trace Vining, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks. Glad to be here. It's awesome to have you, man. Well, like I said in the intro, you started hosting prayer in ninth grade. Yeah. So, man, uh, it's amazing. I've been and visited with you guys down there at the Startville Prayer Furnace. It's really awesome what God's doing down there. And yeah, we just love to hear some of your journey and some of your story. I've heard it, but some people aren't going to know who you are. Share some of your journey. How did you get into all this? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, um, I grew up, you know, and I was in Ale- Grew up in Central Alabama near Tuscaloosa, Birmingham area, and uh, grew up so deep in the Bible Belt. So, having that experience of church, religion, um, what that looks like, and realizing there's more to just doing the Sunday, Wednesday church, growing up that, and just having that realization was just a beautiful time. And. I was in about ninth grade, like you said, uh, when I just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I grew up in a like Southern Baptist church, and so had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that I, I just could not explain with what I knew, with what I grew up in. It just didn't look like what I thought it, God was supposed to look like. And so having this encounter with the Holy Spirit, meeting Him in a place of prayer, something just clicked in my mind. I was like, okay, when we pray, He comes. And so I was like, so we have to keep praying. We've got to pray. And so it just began at that time saying to the friends, our youth group, and people, I was like, hey, we have to start praying because, you know, I I prayed and this happened. And that means like his his presence comes when we're together, when we're praying. And it was something so simple, like at the time had no background or theological mind. I just knew that it was so simple that when we prayed, he'd come, he would come. And so a couple of friends and I would, we had this little like closet across from like the youth worship space. And so we started praying at like probably 3.30. We'd get out of school, we'd get food, we'd go in there, we'd pray for about three hours and just we had, a, had brought in a little speaker and just would blare worship music and scream and pray to the Lord and um, wow. began seeing people um, be healed, seeing salvations and noticing that even, you know, maybe it was like five or six of us that would probably regularly pray every week and even realizing that when we would go into the service on right after we were done praying, that stuff started happening there with people who weren't even there. So it was like, you know, when we pray, it's, it's for the benefit of this whole church, this whole community. It wasn't just the five or six that were in the room. So that just left a mark on my life. And so many of us that were there it left a mark that when we're in in the, in encountering the presence of God, that something's going to happen something can change it doesn't just have to be the same pattern or, or routine that we're used to, um, but he can change things when we get in his presence. And so we kept doing that and uh, saw that God do crazy things, salvations and healings in a place that you wouldn't really expect it. Uh, people being uh, filled the Holy Spirit in places you wouldn't expect it, you know, and it,
0: Southern Baptist church, right?
1: Yeah. And so it was a little bit of a, controversy, I guess, when, when you're, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, 13, 14 years old and I'm like, well, I'm I'm praying, I'm praying in the spirit. What does this mean? Like, what is happening? And so um, <laughs> that definitely led, you know, seeking out to the greater community, um, Christian community in the body of Christ and saying like, hey, who, I didn't know anyone else who's experiencing this, who else is experiencing this? And so that was a great thing to do because as I began searching, it's like, oh, there's there's a place in in you know Missouri. that's praying for 24 hours for 20 years. So I'm like, well, this is a thing. And so, just having that like eye opening experience that there's people in the body of Christ that are had that same realization that when we pray something happens, and just the beautiful simplicity of that. And so, um, continued doing that throughout high school. And then once I moved to I moved to Mississippi in 2015 for college at Mississippi State University. And um I remember the first what right when we set foot on campus, a friend of mine that we had grown up in church together. So she was part of that. And she came to Mississippi State as well. And I remember both just saying, like we have to start doing that here. We have to pray. And so continued praying on the campus. And it was about um it was in 2015, the Lord just gave us a vision of what prayer would look like in our city in Starkville and uh, began kind of praying into that. And the Lord, it was just a constant wait. So for about two years, we just prayed. It was just a small group of us just praying like, Lord, we know you want to establish a place of of prayer and worship here. What does that look like? And it was always just a wait. And then in 2017, everything just kind of came together. A group of passionate college, college students, young adults, most of them at the time were freshmen, sophomores, juniors in college. So fairly young. It was the same thing. We knew when we prayed, stuff was happening. So we had to keep praying. We had to keep worshiping. And but we were, I remember sitting around our kitchen table. It was the summer of 2017. And we were hearing stories of a revival where someone had prayed. They had prayed for, I think, 72 hours. At the time we had no, I mean, our only experience was like the little prayer meetings we would do in um, youth group, but hearing this, we're like, they prayed for 72 straight hours and look what happened. And so we were like, we have to, we have to do this. It was just burning in our spirits. Like we have to do this. And so I think within two weeks, we organized 72 hours of prayer for the first time we had never done. We went in and we did it. And it was the same thing. We prayed, God moved. We're like, this it happens when we pray. So we were like, okay, let's do this every month. And then it became, okay, we got to do this a couple of times a week. And um, so that's kind of where we've been the last three years is like continuously praying, being faithful and that. Th- did I say three years? Yeah. Three years since 2017. Yeah. It's a little over three years now. And so it's just been a beautiful journey. And it was it was really cool. We started when we got here, I was looking for places like houses of prayer, prayer furnaces, anything that anyone was doing in, in Starkville and Mississippi. Um, and it was like coming up empty. But I found yeah. this this website, I believe, it, and someone had been um, done it years ago at Mississippi State. So I found a way to get in touch with them as well. And they had graduated, moved on, but we got to just kind of um, hear some of their their history and their heart behind it. And so we got to really just pick up where, where they had started probably 10 years before and graduated and, and continue with that vision. And so it was beautiful now to even see that there's people you know, we'd be on campus doing an outreach or a, an event and, you know, walk by and here's people worshiping and see people on the floor, just laid outside worshiping and praying. And, we're, and we would, you know, get to go up and share this with them. that like, this is what God's doing. We're praying and people joining in on that just from the simple encounters that we see every day. And so just within the last year, hearing so many stories on the campus that of people we've never met, but they're experiencing revival and walking in Things that we're just praying for. It's like, okay, we we never met you, we, you never prayed with us, but we know that when we establish prayer in the city, that this is going to become even more frequent than we had expected.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah, I love that. I love your journey. I'd love to go back to that time at the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, <laughs> I man. Do you have any fun stories from that time? I mean, any? It could be controversy, or it could be you know, a testimony, but is there, is there anything that sticks out from that time? I'm just curious. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there's a couple of things. First of all, like when things happen,
1: that, those kind of things happen to you and encounters, you have questions. I remember going to youth pastor at the time and in the looks that I got were just like, <laughs> you are out of your mind. Um, <laughs> but later on, there was a lot of people that were just like, these people are crazy. They came along, came along with the journey as well. So it was, Beautiful people, you know, my family was a perfect example of that uh, as well. All of my family, you know, we grew up um, in the Southern Baptist Church, and so seeing that now, that what through what God has done, and a lot of my family have been able to have encounters with Holy Spirit. And but some of the cool testimonies, I think, as young kids, we were just uh, excited about anything. So it was like when we we were encountering the Lord, and it was anything could be possible. And I remember praying for. It was like one of the first times I can remember just praying for someone to be healed. And uh, she had hurt her ankle. I remember I was asking her, she was, I was pretty sure she was going to surgery like the next day. And we asked her, like, hey, take off your boot and jump off the stage. Like, <laughs> we believe you're healed. <laughs> and she did it and didn't feel any pain. So we're like, yeah, healing. Um, and there was just so many other, just small encounters that like you, it's not, it wasn't the big service things. It was like the small, in the prayer room, maybe it was two people and hearing a prophetic word from the Lord that changes someone's life. And just, Mm. those were the most meaningful things and not having a background of, you know, even of being in like a charismatic church or a church that's already focused heavily on prayer and worship. You know, it was, the church we were in was like super traditional. So it was like piano, organ, like the choir, um, you do your, your three songs, the first and third verse and you sit down. And so even when we started getting into worship and it was like, we felt something burning in us that to keep singing, to sing words that weren't on the paper and uh, all of this without any influence from anyone else. We were just, this is what we felt like we were supposed to do. Like we were listening to the Holy spirit and it was just for that. Our little community there It was such a, such a like life trajectory changing time because, you know, it's like, I always had a passion, even in middle school, I was like, I'm going to be a pastor of a Baptist church, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, like changing that being like, the Lord is doing something, you know, bigger than that. And he's going to use, he's using those churches like the traditional churches that oh, yeah. have preserved the faith and, and, you know, ruled, ruled our country for so long. He's using those like they're, like I've said it before, like, and many have said that they're this, the sleeping giant is that, that church. Yeah. And so, uh, there That's was, awesome. I remember there so many times tech person running the media was like, where are the words you're singing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so just getting to learn and, and experiment, it was fun as, as a 14, yeah. 15 year old leading worship and praying and just believing that any can thing can happen, having no reservations. Um there was times where people had no idea what we were doing and it was probably a little awkward, but right. we were just, we knew we had to go for it. And so,
0: yeah, I mean, you I think times. about where it says like in Ephesians, be filled with the spirit singing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. You, were filled, you guys were filled with the spirit. You weren't just trying to, you know, mimic Bethel or a yeah. room or somewhere. You were just filled with the Holy spirit and the natural overflow of that was just worship that, yeah. that flowed flow out of your hearts. That's amazing. You said a couple times when you were sharing kind of your story, you said we realized when we pray, stuff happens. Yeah. Which is so true. Since you've gotten to Starkville, what are some things that have happened there? What are some of the things you guys have seen? Is there any specific stories or testimonies of stuff you guys have maybe seen on the campus?
1: Yeah, one of, one of my favorite stories is... Um, from, I think it was last fall. So before COVID, we're an SEC college sports town, which means sports are everything and anything. So yeah. on, th- on Thursday nights, we would go out to the campus. The fraternities would get there like two days before the game to s- save their tailgating spot. And so we would go out there and like we would feed them, bring like hot dogs and snacks and just have a time of fellowshipping, sharing the word. Um, there was one night we were out there and, One of our other people that was serving, they kind of came in behind everyone, but they were like excited. And they're like, Trace, 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 there's these people they are worshiping over there in the courtyard. You have to go talk to them. And so I remember like, I was like, okay, like people are worshiping. I love that. Let's go talk to them. Yeah. So we went over there and talked to them and got to share, you know, what we had been walking through the last couple of years and hearing they were younger on new to campus and hearing what they were walking through. And they started saying something at a place they were worshiping. We were like, "Oh my gosh, we used to go worship there all the time." It's just this random place on campus. And so after you know, after talking, he's like, "Oh my goodness, you guys, we were. I think we were in a time too where it was a lot of transition. Like when a new school year in a college town, you have, you know, your seniors graduate, get jobs, go somewhere else. And so you you're just kind of like every fall, you're kind of like, okay, we got new people, new places to serve. Yeah. And so it was like at a time we we're feeling kind of defeated, like, okay. Some people have, have moved, they've gone, moved on and gotten jobs and having to fill that. And then you hear about people, they're gathering and worshiping, having these same kind of encounters in the same random spot on campus. And you're like, you know, we were praying for that. It, it, even if we've never met you, that is something that we know it's an answer to a prayer that, yeah. you know, God, he would sustain a move of of passionate people pursuing the presence of God on on the campus. And so that's one of the most encouraging things that even now a year later from that, I think about all the time is like, even if it's, you know, even if we're hearing two people, you know, praying, we know that there's some, there's people on campus that they're encountering the presence of God and those prayers aren't, aren't in vain, you know, prayers for revival. But yeah. even other than that, just so many times, so many moments in the prayer room, people um, with salvations and healing and just people learning to hear the voice of God um for mm-hmm. the first time is one of the one of my favorite things that we've seen just consistently through prayer and worship as people are hearing the voice of God people are encountering holy spirit for the first time most of our people i think have come from traditional denominations but have encountered the lord in a yeah. new way once they've gotten college gotten in, involved in in prayer and worship and seeing what it can happen and just the seeing the the blossoming of people that we're in the same boat. I was in 14, had no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden you're, you're praying and you feel the presence of the Lord. You encounter him for the first time and you see people getting killed and you hear people singing prophetic songs and you're like, why aren't they following the words on the screen? But then it moves your heart and strikes your heart and seeing that happen so consistently has been just the most amazing thing. Cause I think it builds faith towards like, we can see this, this, church, the sleeping giant of the traditional Southern Bible Belt church, we can see them awaken because it's happening now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I posted something a while back on social media. I think you commented on where I was able to meet with a couple of pastors and leaders from some churches of traditional denominations. And it was interesting because it was two separate meetings all within one week, but they were both wanting more of the Holy Spirit and more Intimacy with the Lord. One was coming out of a cessationist church that didn't believe in the gifts of the spirit, didn't wow. believe the Holy Spirit spoke. God would speak to us. It was like you had to you just had the Bible and you just had to figure it out, you know, and he's realizing what it's like to have a relationship with the Lord. and uh, it was so liberating for him. And then there's some other pastors that invited me in to, you know a, a fairly traditional non-denominational church, you know, kind of Baptisty. Yeah. even though they were non-denominational, and, and they're just hungry for the presence of God. They're, they're saying, we want to experience more of God's presence. We want to learn how to worship and be free in our worship. And uh, I believe that, you know, in the South, especially of the U.S., that, like you I think you said it was a sleeping giant that some of these traditional churches that the Holy Spirit's going to continue to awaken people's hearts, just like he did with you. Yeah. And I think he's answering our prayers and Christ for revival. And sometimes it happens and we're not, we're not even there. It just like was with you. It just, God just encounters people. Yeah. So have you seen any of that? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that
1: we say consistently is like, he's faithful when we pray, he's faithful and having the realization that even if, even if it's not here in this service, in this building, if he's doing it down there, that's a reason we want to Make it a priority to pray for the local body in our churches and not just to say, hey, Lord, that you would bless the Starville prayer furnace," but Lord, that you would bless yeah. the body of Christ in Starfield that, you know, yeah. we want them to see a move of God. We want them to we want their church to be filled and their church and altars to yeah. be filled with salvations even more so than we want them in this room, um, because that is an answer to the prayer that we're praying now.
0: Right. I love it. That's awesome, man. Well, let me ask you this, along your, along the journey, I know, you know, it's one thing to have an encounter with God that that launches you into a journey, but I know that along the way it, it it takes some fuel. Yeah. Along the journey, I know that some some of the things that have fueled me one has been a revelation from the word of God, from the scriptures of the significance of what I'm doing. I, I just wonder, have you is there any been anything in the word of God, any scriptures, any key verses that for you have been uh, something that's fueled you or sustained you or kind of held you, and you are are kind of on this pioneering journey of of yeah. building a place of prayer with young people. And there's people coming in and out, but you kind of cling to. Is there any verses that have been really important for you and your community there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one that really comes to mind just even recently. Let me pull it up so I don't butcher it. Um, <laughs> one that recently that has been just so impactful. Like even this season, of course, the COVID season has been hard on so many people, Um, but it's really just been Psalm 139. We, it was probably three weeks ago. We, it was our like scripture for um, the night in the prayer room. And uh, so we were singing and praying that scripture and just the first part, like, Lord, you've searched me and known me. You've known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and lying down and you're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, you know it all together. You've hedged me behind and before me, and you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And it, I mean, it, this continues on it's the part about you know he formed us in our mother's womb but yeah. um that first part was really just a couple weeks ago when i was tired tar- i remember i was about to send a text and cancel prayer for the night mm. and um i remember picking up um the bible and reading this verse and i was like um i think someone else had texted me i was like okay like we're gonna do this i was it was a it was a long day i think i don't remember why but Um, all I can remember is this marked me of like, this is why we're here because he is searched and noticed this is the conversation we get to have when we pray. This is the encounter we get to have when we pray. We get to talk to a real God who knows every detail about us, who knows our sitting and our rising, who knows all of our thoughts and he understands them. And so it's like, even more so than like, we want to see a move of God. We want to see our churches filled. We get to talk to the one who knows us and the one who's searching us. And that's, that's the reason. It's the, the fuel behind the prayer movement, I think, is that we get to encounter Him. We get to speak, and we get to praise, and we get to pour love on um, the one who knows us, the one who understands us. Yeah. He's acquainted with our ways, that He knows everything, and He's searching our hearts and minds. And Come on. just the simplicity of what the communion of prayer, you know, the Lord will be doing things, you're excited, and you just want to pray for more of that and that was kind of one of those moments. I feel like I was, I was tired. I was drained that day. And it was such a sweet reminder of the Lord to say, you're not coming here to just even get filled up or you're not coming here because you want to see revival. Like, yes, that's going to be an amazing byproduct, but you're coming here because you get to, you get to meet with me. The one who knows you, the one who knows every detail, and his cares enough to search you. And, you know, it, it says in heaven or in hell, he's there. Like, in in the worst times when it's the hardest to do, he's so faithful with his presence and who he is. And another w- big thing that we think, and it's one of the simple things I think we hear is, you know, just where two more are gathered, that he's there, that, you know, he has a promise. That's a promise of his presence. He's made a yeah. promise that his presence is going to be there. And so no matter how, like, how hard it is, no matter how off the music may be, may, no matter how bad everyone feels that day. Like he's made a promise that he's going to be there, and so if he's going to be there, why not be there? And why not come? Yeah. Why not pray? Why not meet with him? And mm. so that's that's something I think we say every single week, and I know I, I make make a point to start it when we start off the time of prayer is just thanking the Lord that he's faithful with his presence. He's such a good steward of his presence and it's always going to be there yeah. when we come, when we meet together, when we even think about meeting together, he's He's going to be there. Yeah. And so that's something that's just been easy to go back to when it gets hard, when you sometimes you're tired, you don't want to do it after a long day. And especially during COVID and you know, being short of volunteers a lot of the time, It's it's been, okay, we get to come and meet with this, be with this presence together um, we get to come and commune with the one who knows us and search us. We get to pour our praise every, every bit that we have on him and he's worth, he's worth the last drop of our, of our energy and our time, you know? Yes. Um, and I think, you know, this well, like, you know, participating in this, the prayer movement, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of sacrifice of time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just so beautiful that he's sacrificed all of time for us.
0: Mm, that's yeah. so good, man. Yeah. I've, obviously you know interviewed a number of people leaders in the prayer movement on this podcast before and it's interesting how many of them got into the prayer movement for revival but they're now they're in it for God yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean it's yeah. like we still want revival but even if we don't have revival we get Jesus you know what I mean yeah we get his presence we get intimacy with him the revival is just
1: the beautiful byproduct of of right. what we get to do when just simply meeting with them.
0: Yes. If we yeah. abide in Him, we bear much fruit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, I, you know, I've talked to a number of people that that seems to be the case. They're hungry and they want revival and, and yeah. God wants revival. God wants to move and save people and heal people and part yeah. of the Spirit, but He wants our hearts, you know? Yeah. I think about when you said, you know, we pray stuff happens, something happens, you know, I think that's true, but it's not always out there. A lot of times, it's just in here. Yeah, a lot of times, true. it's just, it's that interaction that we have with the Lord. So I'm glad, I'm glad you went there. That's so good. such an important revelation. I think it's what keeps us for the long haul. Well, I know you're, you're a young leader, Trace, (laughs) Uh, most of the leaders of houses of prayer I've I've talked to on here are are older. So I'm just curious uh, for you. I assume you've had some people who have mentored you, who have helped you, who have, who have, you know, been there for you along the journey. Just curious what that was like for you as a young leader if there's you know what you gleaned from who you leaned on yeah you know as as a young leader trying to do something that really wasn't wasn't happening not only in your church but really it sounds like there wasn't even much in mississippi a whole lot of prayer rooms and prayer yeah. movements in mississippi so you're really a pioneering leader in even in your state so yeah who who is who is some leaders that helped you along your journey what was yeah. that like Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come and the presence pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today you can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only five dollars a month when the price goes up in the future as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit Media. Dot org to sign up today.
1: So um in in high school when we first kind of started praying, I had no connection to anyone that was really in remotely involved in prayer rooms or houses of prayer or anything. And so um I had a friend though that she had talked about her grandparents' church that she went to, and I was like that sounds crazy good. Like we're going to have to go. And so, um, wound up going there and this was just a pivotal time, like especially once we were moving to Mississippi. Um, and it was, so they went to kind of the charismatic church and it was a small lot of older people. And it was just something I would kind of go to with them before I they had a, like an earlier service. So I would go there and make it back for, um, for the, to the Baptist church to make sure I was there too. So I was getting the double dose every Sunday and, it was kind of get, getting to go there and see people encounter older people too. It was so beautiful. and um, But from that, they wound up being coming together with a larger church in the region, which is Daystar Family Church is based in Northport. They were a huge part of, of what we do today. And they wound up the next year, the year I was moving to Mississippi, announcing they were going to have a campus in Mississippi. And so I was like, praise the Lord, Like I know somewhere to go um, to yeah. get fueled. And so my pastor there, his name was uh, Ben Rodriguez. He was in, it was in Columbus, Mississippi, which is about 25 minutes from us. He was just a, like they prayed, you know, they prayed and that's me and my wife talk about it all the time about how like it was so important then that we saw people praying forever, you know, in every situation. It was weekly. It was made routine. Like we had to, it was a necessary part of, of being in, in a church, being part of the body of Christ was prayer. So that was um, a huge part. And then, once we got to started the prayer furnace and we moved our, like where we were going to in our local church body, which it was like three minutes from our house. So they were hosting our, uh, the prayer furnace started going there. And our pastor, Johnny Buckner was ha- just phenomenal life-changing for us because he was, he was empowering us. He's like, do it, go do it. Putting <laughs> us in that position and championing us. And it was never like the oh, you're too young, you need to go through these programs and these schools to be a leader and to do this. It was always just empowering, um, encouragement, even the hardest times of, you know, the hardest part of of anything in ministry, I think, is dealing with people. Like, if I could just go into the prayer room and just sit there and pray to God forever (laughs) and never have to talk to anybody, you know, I wouldn't complain, but... (laughs) yeah the beautiful part of it is that we get to do it with people, and it's the hard right, part of it and so for sure so many uh people in that have helped us walk through that with other people and um our current pastor Johnny bugner has been just phenomenal in the way he champions us and is ne- it's never it's never about him it's ne- he's never trying to do anything that's what we've loved and I think has made us keep going and even not get getting burned out as seeing His faithfulness to what they do, his faithfulness to champion us and his heart for the Lord, his heart for prayer, um, his heart Mm. for people um, has been so encouraging. And then just have so have had so many like just mothers and fathers here locally that one of them, we call her, we call her mama Charlotte. She's, she's amazing. She's our, I would say she's the one that I think you need in every church. She, she comes in with her banners, but she has a (laughs) connection to the Lord, um, we always joke that she, you know, she's praying all the time. We know we would go to her house in the early days of starting the prayer furnace and just pray and encounter the Lord in such a simple way with her. And so that was something that just kept us encouraged. She was there. She was praying with us. Her husband and Johnny and Debbie, our pastors, they were there. They were praying with us. They were helping us do this thing, but not coming in and saying, this is ours, but they're saying, you do this. We're going to be here behind you but you do this. And that was, I think the most important thing for a group of college students and young adults who a lot of times we felt like it was like, Oh, it's just us. And then having these people that were saying, Oh no, we're coming in. We're going to pray with you because we're believing for the same things. We want revival on the college campus too. And joining in Mm -hmm. with us and not just saying, Hey, go do this. It was, Hey, we're going to come do this with you. Made the thing the most impact and has seeing, getting to see them lead and then seeing them, you know sit and let let us lead and help us to lead them and it was just crazy um really just mind-changing on how things have to work um i yeah. think we have this mindset of what our structures have to look like and um seeing someone who's a good bit older than you just say hey lead i'm submitting to you was just like mind-blowing like what what do you mean <laughs> you're submitting to me like i am I'm 20. I'm 21. I'm 22. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And just <laughs> seeing that trust of, Um our pastor, Johnny always says to trust to Jesus in each other. You know, there may be a lot of things that we all don't do right, but when we have Jesus in us, there's something each of us can bring, contribute and lead in because Jesus, he's the ultimate leader.
0: Yeah. That's so good, man. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom nuggets in what you just said in terms of the leaders you've had in your life, the way they've led you. And I think it could be helpful for some of the older listeners to catch some of those things. I love, you said that they were empowering, but they didn't disappear. They didn't just say, go do it. They said you do it, but we're going to show up with you. Or maybe we're going to do it for a while. You do it with us, but then you do it. We're going to show up and do it with you. Yeah. And, uh, and empowering you and trusting you to step out in leadership, and just being there for you. Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there anything else you would say to older believers, intercessors, leaders who, you know? Because I want to see personally, I want to see this global day and night worship and prayer movement continue generation yeah. to generation, and I believe it will. But the reality is, a lot of people, you know, like you said earlier, IHOP in Kansas City is twenty years old. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that got in on some of the initial surge of day and night prayer, early 2000s, they're my age or older, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I just, I just wonder if you have any other thoughts on, like, if you were going to, if you're going to speak to some, some older people, what would you say to them in terms of how they can disciple and empower the next generation yeah. to continue to, to come up as leaders, especially in the prayer movement? Yeah, I think one of the most impactful things is, and I said this,
1: is getting to encounter God with some of our spiritual mothers and fathers. Like We were invited into their places of prayer, into their homes to pray with them. And it was never like, hey, come in. I want to teach you everything that I know. It was like, hey, come in and encounter the Lord with me. And so getting to just encounter, see how they pray see how they worship. Mm. A lot of times you can look at the church and the landscape of it and be like, okay, here's these young, passionate people. And then here is these old people doing nothing, but getting to see it, like, okay, you don't have to grow up and be like stale. Like yeah. you can continue encountering. It's not just like we're a lot of us we're fresh with our encounters, and so it's sometimes exciting, sometimes it's scary because you never know what someone's gonna say or do. Yeah. But it's beautiful, and so getting to encounter and being in place of encountering the Lord together corporately. Sometimes it's just even in the living room, but that's been the most impactful moments for me that I can remember when I sit there and just think back as those moments in, in living rooms where we're getting to pray with the people that are, they're older than us. We get to see them encounter in the same ways. Wow! And so it just kind of breaks the mindset that, Hey, this isn't just for us. You know, I think we've even gotten to the last three years. I think I've seen us get into the rhythm of thinking this is for us that like, this is for our university. This is for our just, you know, the young people, but you know, being like, Hey, no, we, we jumped on a ship that they've been, you know, paddling and pushing and riding on for years. And we get to go on with that ride. And so, um, but vice versa thinking, I think there's a lot of people that probably think, Oh, this was, this was the move when I was a kid, or this was the move that we came in on having that humbleness and willingness to be like, okay, we have to, We have to be with them and what they're gonna do. They're not gonna look like us. They're not gonna do the same things of us. They're not gonna listen to the same pastors of us as us. And it's like I love to hear the I'm reaching my (laughs) I love to hear the old you know all the old pastors that and prophets and people that have gathered the masses throughout the years. But I think I've recently I've found myself searching for people that are like you know, they're you, they're people even that are younger than me that I've seen high schoolers that are having these crazy encounters. I'm like, yeah, I want to search for them because they're walking in something powerful. And I think yeah. through the generations, we just need to be at the point of we're going to honor. I want to honor the next generation, the first generation that did this as much as I want to honor the next generation, because we both need to be in this to keep it sustainable yeah. and both need to honor each other and what God's doing and the respective timelines of of what We've been walking in. Yeah,
0: that's so good. I want to flip it around. And I, and specifically, if there's younger people that are tuning in and maybe they don't feel like they have the mentors, the fathers and mothers like you were describing. Yeah. Uh, I think, unfortunately, sometimes that's a rarity that people have those older people they feel like they can yeah. go to. I think sometimes that's because the older people don't have the servant heart and humility to do it. But sometimes I think it's because people don't have the humility to ask or to pursue the fathers and mothers either. Yeah. But anything you would say to the 20-somethings or the young adults that that are tuning in that maybe they're hungry for God, if they're watching this podcast, they probably are wanting all that God has for their life, you know, and, and maybe they've got a vision in their heart to see something in their city or on their campus. What would you say to some of those, you know, young pioneers and leaders and just those who are pursuing the Lord?
1: Yeah. My first thing is just wait. Um, like I said, we we felt the Lord wanted us to start a prayer furnace in 2015 and didn't do it until 2017. And we didn't do it until we were under, you know, under spiritual parents that were stewarding this. And it, I think it, it created it as a safe place. Second thing is the, uh, I'm trying to say it nicer than, I wanted to tell myself this probably a couple of times during those two years of waiting that you, what you think is going to be the thing that's going to happen is not always the thing that's going to happen, and it's not always the best thing. And so like, be willing to change your mind about what... Like, I knew God gave a vision for prayer and worship. I had no idea what it was going to look like. I just wanted to do yeah. it. The time of waiting and the time of submitting and even getting to hear the vision of people that have come before, people in the local community, is so important because they're, like I said, they've been on this for a while. Yeah. And I think it's really easy, especially when we're young, we want to jump in and blow everything up. <laughs> um, but sometimes jumping in and just like sitting down, looking around, you know, observing your observing the city, like know the city you're into is another thing. Yeah, that's good. You know, we as college students coming in, it was like, we're coming into someone else's city and we just want to do this but those two years of waiting, getting to come to love the city you're in, know the people, know the culture, know the local churches, know what's what's the problem in the local church here and what's the things they're doing the great, the best. Yeah, And um, definitely never, ever, ever do it alone or by yourself. Some of the, my greatest mentors have been my age and it's been people that, well, yeah, we've learned we've learned stuff from each other, and that's a beautiful thing. And honoring, like I said, honoring the Jesus in each of us—that yeah. each of us has a value to bring—and that's so important. And never be afraid to ask these. Some of these older people in the churches are the the best. They've walked through so many things, and they're the best people in the world. And a lot of times you're like, oh, they're cold and old, but it's really just because we haven't we haven't t- taken the time to go speak to them. We love yeah. I think my age of people, we love to sit in our bubbles of each other. Cause we think, Oh, like we're the best for the hippest. Like right? we're so cool. Um, we're the older people are cooler than us. And it's just <laughs> the truth, <laughs> but yeah, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Um, sometimes like the courage of just asking a question like, Hey, can I come or can I come have dinner with you? Or even, Hey, you want to come have dinner with me yeah. and having that time over the table or Hey, can I come pray with you? Hey, we're having a prayer meeting. Would you come to it? We know you're, we know you're 75 and us 20 year olds are having a prayer meeting, but please come pray with yeah. us. Um That's a big thing we've tried to make a point of is like asking other people to like, Hey, we have a lot of, we can fill it with just 20 year olds, but we want to ask, Hey, will you come lead our intercession time? Because we, we want to reach out and we want them to be pouring into us. We want them to be a part of this because it's not just for us. Yeah,
0: That's so good. Such so much good you got a lot of wisdom, man. A lot of wisdom <laughs> for your young age. Let me ask you this, Trace. What has been your biggest struggle in leading the Startville preference?
1: Yeah, definitely this year has come with struggles. Well, COVID. <laughs> I guess we all we all know that. So um in a college town, like it's unique and I'm sure this is a problem everywhere, but we have people graduate every May and they get jobs and move. And so sometimes you lose like you lose your best friends. You lose, you lose your ones who have served six hours in the night watch every single, you know, every single time we're praying. Wow. Like those people that have been just like rocks and anchors. Um, and so those have been um, the hardest times. And it comes in cycles where every couple of months you have to go through this. And I know this. We've been doing it for years, but it's still like the hardest thing because you're just like, I don't know how we'll ever continue But I would think goes back to what I said earlier, and what you know, the Lord was teaching through Psalm one thirty nine about He's going to be with us always. He's faithful with His presence. Like the prayer movement, anywhere, anywhere we're praying, it does not revolve around the function of a man, but the encounter with and communion with Him. And so that's what's fueled. But it's also been the hardest is just people having to having to replace people it's right. a, like it's sad when they leave yeah. um but also and uh, really in the early times we we're starting it, it there was times where we felt alone we weren't really had never met anyone else who's doing this until we had uh jordan and steven reach out to us in december of 2017 in atlanta and we got to go and do that and it, that was oh my gosh there's people doing this and so <laughs> it's not just not just the people in missouri and us yeah now. it's like oh there's people everywhere Um, So getting to hear about like Burn 24-7 and all those things were amazing. But even locally, sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, no one wants to do this with us. Like no one wants to come pray with us. (laughs) And so there's those times where you're like, we want it to be about the body of Christ. We want it to be about um, the fullness of of his bride and not just a little sect of it. And so getting through those barriers of reaching out to other people, other churches and Even sometimes the denial of no, we don't want to be a part of what you're doing has definitely been hard. So, yeah, those are definitely some of the the
0: harder parts that we've had. (laughs) For sure. Thank you for sharing those. I know, you know, the testimonies and breakthroughs are encouraging to people, but anyone that's ever tried to host worship and prayer, when you hear that other people are sharing some of the same struggles, it's actually reassuring. Yeah. You know, oh man, people don't want to show up. People came for a while, but then they left. (laughs) You know, I think that's yeah. those, those are some common struggles. So thank you for sharing, yeah. being honest about that.
1: Absolutely. I think well, one of the most encouraging things, and I think you posted this, it was a while back, but it was a picture of when um, you guys were still in Raleigh. I think there was like two people yeah. in the prayer room and you had posted, it was like a hard time finding someone to lead. And it's like, wow, like, you know, he's going through this too. We, like, <laughs> there's times where we're like, we have no one to do this right now, but we know we're, we got to do yeah. it. And so we're gonna make do. And so those have been some of my favorite moments, with though, of in in the prayer room when uh, we get a text from someone, hey, I can't make it to my two a.m. set, and you've been, you know, you've already been there since for six hours, and you're like, oh, gonna be here at two a.m. now. <laughs> and so, but those have been some of the most amazing moments when it's it's me and someone else in the room. Sometimes just me, or I walk in and it's somebody else just by themselves, yeah. and they're having this amazing time, and yeah. you get to come. And join in with that because it is just simply about communion with him. Right. Having that conversation and, and time of worship with
0: him. Yeah, for sure. It's a good heart check. Is this is this really yeah. for the Lord? Are we really here to, to minister to him yeah. to him into his heart? Yeah. That's so good, man. So what's what's ahead for you guys? What are you what are you dreaming about? What are you thinking about? So much.
1: Um this year, like it hit quick. We had a lot planned for like April and then March it. So right. April didn't really feel like April didn't get there. I'm yeah. um, still waiting on April to come. Right. Um, But the, the, we just said, hey, we get, we get a couple more months to pray and dream. It was so cool because this time last year we were praying and felt the Lord was like, hey, we want you guys to go back to like roots, go back to the small group of times in the living room, praying and encountering and uh then you're like forced to go into the times of the living room of prayer and account. we're like okay well he said it in december there's a reason he said that and now we're here wow. um and so even as we're envisioning and praying into stuff post covid um into next year is that uh, wasn't just a word for covid we think he's just wanting to build yeah. families around around the presence of god and so next year a lot of what we've been praying and dreaming is not just here in Starkville, but regionally in our Alabama, Mississippi kind of bubble that we live in is very similar cultures between the two states. But the small towns are a focus, they're on our hearts. Um, these places that are like 1,000, 2,000 people, place where, like where I grew up, there's, I always say, there's probably one or two people there that are passionate about revival. They're passionate about Jesus. They're passionate about having an encounter with. Holy Spirit, and uh, we want to we want to go there. We want to be with them, find them, and help um, resource them in their town for prayer and worship. Yeah. Um, sometimes it may be just a living room or a small church, and we've gotten to do a little bit of that throughout the year. And since we've really started, also part of um, New Horizons Worship here, and so we've got a lot planned next year and a couple of travel travels dates and stuff. So I'm excited about that. Worship is always fun, you know, wherever you're doing it at. So um, it's one of my favorite yeses to say is we usually worship. So yes, <laughs> and I'm like love to do that. So we're going to do that a lot next year. And our biggest focus is always going to be our heartbeat is our weekly prayer. Yeah, and so that's what we continue to say is like we can't focus on a region and forsake praying in our own city. Right. So continuing to pray in our own city, and we want to get into the the small. Rural towns that fill Mississippi—it's the heartbeat of the South—is—is is the small town. So You can listen to country music and know that <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the heartbeat of the town is the small town on the back road, and yeah. the small town on the back road needs the needs the prayer and worship movement for too. sure. I love it. So, so many of us coming from those kind of backgrounds, it's like you know we we want to sit. It's easy to sit here where we have people and infrastructure and roads, <laughs> but it's there's also there's a beauty of getting off. On the back road, on the places where no one else is going to go, like you're not going to see a flyer for a Bethel concert or yeah. a worship night there in these small towns, and they there's hungry people, and so yeah. we want to um, get there. We want to get there. We want to be able to engage with these people, um, reach their help them reach their communities, and and fuel prayer and worship in their
0: either their living room, schools, and churches. Yeah, I love it, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned New Horizons worship from your from your church. You guys have some recorded yeah. music. I'll be sure to link to that in the in the description in the show yeah. notes so people Appreciate can check it. out you guys' music. It's really good, really good stuff. Uh how how else can people follow you if they want to visit Starkville or happen to be in Mississippi? Do you guys what's the best way to connect with you guys?
1: Yeah, so we've got um follow us on any social medias. It's just Starkville prayer furnace across the board. Okay. Um, on every, I think everything, I think our Twitter, I don't even know the password to it, but the, on Twitter we're revival from, so we used to say all the time from Starkville to revival. It was very cheesy and cute, but love <laughs> it. Um, but Instagram, Starkville prayer furnace and Facebook, uh, usually keep up, up to date on there. Yeah. The uh, website I accidentally deleted. So it's not there right now, but Trying to figure out how to put it back up, <laughs> um, and then on. So I'm I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Everything is at Trace finding Then our website NewHorizonsWorship um, dot com. Okay, we have all our information there. If you ever want us to come to you, yeah. So we're on on that. I think it's newhorizonsworship.com. Awesome. We got, we'll look dot, it up. Make sure we get something. all
0: those links yeah. in the in the <laughs> notes so people can can connect with you guys. Uh, anything else, Trace, that you want to share? With our listeners, maybe to the worshipers, intercessors that are titted in,
1: yeah, just um keep doing it, keep doing I it. think that's like I think i have just just keep telling
0: myself that keep doing it and and
1: thank you, Matthew, for having me on, yeah, you've been such an encouragement, I think you're an encouragement to so many people, um but especially me getting to see weekly like how oh, you, you your posts are just always encouraging, and like I said, there's sometimes I'll see a post uh, from you and like yeah we gotta keep going, and we gotta keep doing it. It's, <laughs>
0: worth it yeah um he's he's worth it yeah it's so good awesome well trace thank you so much man this has been fun absolutely yeah thank you everybody for for tuning in today uh again if if you're not subscribed please hit subscribe stay tuned with us uh moving forward if you enjoy this episode please share it with your friends share it on social media that would be great if you're on youtube give us a little thumbs up if you're on apple if you can leave us a rating or review all of those things help us out a lot Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, God's presence changes everything.